0: This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Why are so many deserving people out there not working the types of jobs that fulfill them and routinely missing out on the promotions and advancements they rightfully deserve? Well, my guest today is going to answer that question. But before I introduce him, hop on over to overwhelmsucks.com, get my brand new guide. It's free. 10 quick ways to conquer overwhelm. It all happens at overwhelmsucks.com. Anish Majabar is a career coach and expert in tapping into the hidden job market. He's helped thousands of professionals get out of the job search trap permanently, and his videos and trainings have appeared in Business Insider, Ivy Exec, Fast Company in Glassdoor, and... He is up where I'm originally from. I was born and raised in North Chautauqua, New York. Anish is coming from
1: Fairport, New York. Anish, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. I know we we got the we got the Rochester Fairport connection going on there, you know. <laughs> I love I love that you that you uh picked up on that.
0: You know, it's amazing that you actually have heard of North Chali. If I if people have heard of Rochester, I feel lucky. I usually gotta say Rochester is between Buffalo and Syracuse, because apparently everybody knows where Buffalo and Syracuse is. But you (laughs) actually know where North Chali is. It's a small, small town in West Rochester
1: and spelled chili so yes. you would you would have to live you would have to live here to 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 know that right that's like in new york city you know uh, i'd lived there for you know a couple of years before it's like and where i was you know calling it houston street you know where it's like no no it's houston i was like oh we're going to be like that okay fine didn't know so there you go chila chila is one of those things i guess
0: and one of the things that annoyed me i moved down from uh, Lai to houston texas back in 1997 is they used to have the annual chili fest And I'm like, people don't say our name correctly. And so you have a festival intentionally mispronouncing the name. (laughs) I never understood that. They spelled it C-H-I-L-E. I'm like, you messed it up. You should have called it the Chalai Festival because then people know how to say the name but they did not consult me. I don't know why.
1: Yeah. This is a missed opportunity, Mark. We have to get it. This will be the next thing that we, that we get on here is changing. You know, what are they doing with the naming conventions over there? Right? Exactly. (laughs) Well, the reason
0: why I want to have you on the show is I really, like I said in the beginning, why are so many deserving people out there not working the types of jobs that fulfill them? I know a lot of people, there was a commercial way back in the day. I don't know if you've seen it about Dunkin' Donuts. The guy was like, time to make the donuts. And you know, I, I, I don't want people to live like that. I, yes. I like using Winnie the Pooh analogy a lot and I'm Tigger, T-I double go or I'm optimistically, annoyingly so happy every day. I wake up seven days a week excited for the day. And when I see people like, well, I got good benefits and, and, uh, good pay, but man, I hate
1: my job. And I'm like,
0: you only get one life. Why are you doing that? So let's talk about that.
1: Yeah. I'd love, I'd love to. I, I, <clears throat> I think, um, you know, I've been a career coach for now for over twelve years. Before that, though, I was uh, an actor, a journalist, um, I, I, and a job seeker. You know, I've 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 I know what it's like to like accomplish things and still not have that fundamentally change the game when it comes to actually wanting something better. And I think the short answer to what you're saying is that people have dreams, people have aspirations, people do want something better for their lives, but. The fear of poking your head out of something that you have, like whatever your job is, no matter how unsatisfying that it is, your head is not on the chopping block, right? You can keep your head down and say, Hey, I got something. Other people have it worse. Other people have it True. worse. Well, the business of actually getting something better, no matter how qualified you might think you have, you are is so awful. It's so depressing and it's so uncertain that it immediately counters whatever your, your things are and says, are you sure? Are you sure? That you know who you are well enough and that you have any kind of a strategy that is going to make it worthwhile for you to do what is necessary, which is really maybe sacrifice this thing and Mm -hmm. say, look, I'm sticking my head up. This is unacceptable. I need something better. I want something now. It's the fear of putting yourself out there in that and the knowledge of how absolutely catastrophically broken the uh, hiring process is that keeps really deserving people. Um Down. The other thing too is, is, is I would say good student mentality. You know, like, like we're, you're an adult. I'm an adult. We're not in a zone where people are looking for permission. I want permission. No one's going to give you permission for something better. That's never the way that it happens here. You've got to actually change. You've got to, you've got to have some courage here. And quite frankly, as much as we're talking about the broken hiring process, the broken American spirit uh, is, is Mm -hmm. just as much of a part of that. You know, the, the, the TV watching spirit is also a part of that. What happened to the Wild West, man? What happened to the ability to say, look, we can create whatever life we want here. You know, that's also a part of it.
0: I am a student of successful people, whether that's Steve Jobs, uh, Mark Cuban, Damon John, Tony Robbins, and I have not found a single successful person in the world, and maybe you know of one, that got to where they are by not sacrificing, by not putting it all on the line, by not saying, hey, you know what, I could
1: do this.
0: Mm -hmm. Can you think of one?
1: I don't think I I I I think I think I don't think there is a one in 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 the 2000 people I've coached uh oh, you know over these last 12 years there's not one you know I've seen them all at different stages I've seen moms try to reenter the workforce I've seen people radically try to bounce back from catastrophe but the one thing you're right the one thing that they all have in common is there's an act of whether it's spurred by frustration passion positivity or negativity there's something in them that says I, I, whatever I can do here, whatever I can do to pull a sort of, you know, um, willing sacrifice here, I'm going to do it. If I have to put this on the line, I don't know what happens, but I've got to risk. I've got to to do, I've got to bet on myself here, no matter what happens. And, you know, I, I having been someone who's also bet on myself more than once, I, I can tell you there's no real regret there. I've fallen on my face more times than I can count. I've humiliated myself more than I can count. Mark, I can be very honest with you and say... Uh, there's no one who, who ever woke up and said, Hey, I'd like to work with a gangly six foot one career coach for helping their thing. <laughs> the reason I'm here is because I bet on uh, not just myself, but I bet on the fact that people like me and you, if we had a, a better way to actually do all of this, we would. And the, and it's, it's the validation of that out there by other people. That is the only reason why I get to live exactly the way that I want. And, and, and that is exactly the way that I would preach to everyone else is, is, the solution to this, by the way, it's, it's the, and the, the betting on yourself, it becomes infinitely easier. If you, if you say to yourself, maybe what I want is not going to come from, Impressing some giant entity or some giant authority figure. Maybe my salvation will actually come from individuals. Um, mm. that's what broke it for me is when I stopped actually saying, you know what? I'm never going <laughs> to impress these recruiters. They always see me as an outsider. I was an illegal immigrant from Canada at that point trying to get a job here. They're never going to, they're never going to help me. This is never going to happen. But what I found ironically enough was when I started talking to the people that I supposedly didn't have the permission to talk to, business leaders, CEOs, CEOs, not only did I find that these people were not closed off, they were infinitely more conducive to risk-taking, to betting on yourself, to taking a risk than all of these people. Why do you why why are we talking to some fresh out of college gatekeeper anyway? Shouldn't we be talking to people like you? Don't you think we would understand each other infinitely better than someone who has never to to use the image of, of or before? They've never poked their head out. Mm. You you know, that's what broke it for me is that I started trusting People like you, I started learning from people like you and I started saying, look, anything that I can do to help, anything that I can do to better understand your path, to learn and help, I'm going to do it, no strings attached. And I got the offers and I got everything else after that, you know, and that started me on a path of saying, wait a minute, there's a whole other, (laughs) there's a whole other ecosystem of opportunity out here that they haven't really been talking to us about. You know, it's kind of been there forever. And then they created a really crummy game, job boards, et cetera, to say, oh, no, that's the game. Meanwhile, their kids, their children, their daughters, they get all the advantages. They're taught an entirely different thing. I know I come from Indian immigrants growing up in Canada. They taught me to put my head down, work hard. That takes you to this point. Yeah. But everything else is based on something else, you know, and uh that's been the the journey and the obsession of my life is 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 teaching people who don't have that giant silver spoon in their here or you know what, that there is a better way. There mm-hmm. is actually a better way to do this and anyone can do it. Um, yeah. I
0: am 57 years young right now and I grew up, I was the only child of my parents and- go to high school, go to college, get a job. I've got a bachelor's degree in applied computing. I don't use that at all. And I remember when I was fired from my corporate job back in July, 2005, I became an entrepreneur and my parents didn't know what is that? I mean, you don't go to, you don't have a job. No, I have a job. I I am my job. I'm an entrepreneur. And my mother passed away a couple months ago, but My dad, he's like, so you stay at home and you make content, uh, you coach people, you know, it's a different world because my dad's 81. It's a very different world. But I tell people nowadays when they go, well, what should I go to school for? I say, whoa, you're asking the wrong question. What do you want to do in life? Because you may not have to go to school. If you want to be a, if you want to start a landscaping company, why do you need to go to college? Why do Mm -hmm. you need to go into debt? So I I think people need to step back and start asking better questions. Don't ask where the money's at. Ask where your heart is. I know somebody who likes social work, therapy work. They don't make a lot of money, but it lights them up. So I think because we only get one life, I think you should find out what lights you up and go do that, not making money the number one thing that you go for to make, to, to make a living.
1: 100%. I, I think, you know, we use a phrase, um, know, in our world a lot, which is, um, you know, don't be afraid to move the camera, which, which means like most of us, we have a very like static way of looking at ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know? So whether it's young and and, and you're 18 and being forced to say, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? Or, you know, uh, whether you're later on, you know, in your career and, and, and looking to reinvent, you know, a lot of times we get, we get so stuck in, in, in looking at ourselves one way. I'm working with someone right now who, um, you know, he w- has been working in marketing for many, many years, has, has had real success in chief marketing officer roles, et cetera. But now he's at a place where he's like, I don't know if I want more of the same. And, and I'm not, I'm getting the rules, but it's not structured in a way. And I'm not having that kind of impact. And so a lot of our conversation has been, look, you're not being paid to market. No one, no one, no company. And I'm saying this as a business owner myself. If I could get rid of the marketing function, I would, if I could create some software to do it, I would. You're getting paid to align with what what I'm trying to do to grow this company. And if you're a a strategic partner to growing this company, what you do in in marketing is just one facet, right? If, If every other facet of this person's journey, their operations, their people development, it lends them a process that they can use to grow any company. Now, if this person branded themselves that way, not as just another chief marketing officer or another person, which is a dime a dozen, quite frankly, but but said, look, here's what I do, right? I solve the marketing trap. I go in a completely different um, uh, place than the 99% of the frauds out there who are doing this. And I make it happen because of my journey, because I know that it cannot just be a growth thing. It has to be intrinsically linked with our people. It has to be intrinsically there. And I'm the only one who can do it. That mm. process would allow this person to not just identify and dialogue at a high level for the for these types of roles, but anything in their purview of growth advancement, he can now talk to, and he can talk to anyone who's feeling the reverse of that. That's a big, big thing when people get stuck in looking at themselves only one way, or another thing I'll see is, you know, I'll be looking at LinkedIn profiles, etc. People get stuck in skills trading, you know, so they say, look, um, I've got five years of project management skills. Let me get an additional project management certification. I got, f- I got six years here. Let me add that. But when we're at the high level, almost without exception, if you've got a couple of years in the game, you've got to start thinking in a different way and you've got to start thinking, look, mm-hmm. um, No one's paying me for, they're not collecting years of experience. What, the, the, the thing that creates offers, whether it's a job posting or whether you're, you're talking to someone and identifying pain that's going on and you guys decide to solve it, which is a huge percentage, by the way. That's like 75, 80% of all roles are created like that. The, whether, regardless of what, of, of where it goes, the first person who correctly identifies what is going on, the first person who enables you to see what's going on and enables you to connect with the truth of how desperate this is, how brutal this is, that person inevitably gets the role almost always because we, in the same way that the, 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 the doctor that you are going to entrust with your health, the first doctor who correctly diagnoses it, who correctly understands it and communicates with urgency to you say, listen, you have an eight to 12 month time frame here. You don't have time to come back two weeks from now. We need to immediately start you on that chemo. So call your, call, I'm going to be here, call your wife, call, call your kids, make sure that we need to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to hold your hand on this, but we have to do this because it is your life right now. That person is the one that we do business with, not the person who has spent 5, 10, 15 years building up skill sets that quite frankly, I don't care about because I don't yeah. care about that divorced of my problem, right? I want to know how are you going to help? Uh, it, the, the, the thing that's that stalls people a lot with the networking is that, and I, it was the same for me too, is, is the idea that if I were to network with you, the only reason I would do that is because I secretly want to pump you for a job. And if you can say, Hey, What if you? I asked most of the questions, I did most of the listening, my job was to respect who you are, my job was to understand what is going on, my job in 20-30 minutes was to maybe give you two to three valuable nuggets, insights, or ways of looking at this thing, just by dint of me looking at your problems, I'm going to be able to look at it in a different way and add some degree of value, maybe challenge, and if we identify relevant pain, deep pain that we decide that we want to solve together. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's, let's do it any way that we're going to. It shifted everything for me because once people are like, Oh, he's not going to bomb me with the resume right now. He actually wants to know who I am. He actually, you know, wants to do it. I realized that executives, leaders all across the board, they're starved for having this kind of Conversation. They're starved to have this kind of mirror-like exchange that is directed and is designed to to move towards a degree of greater clarity in some of the areas that they're that they're dealing with that relate to you. You know, Um, that that's an interesting
0: point because I once heard a couple of different things from Grant Cardone, who is someone I respect and follow. He says, number one, just because there's a need doesn't mean people are willing to pay for it. And when I first heard that. I'm like, I don't get it. I listened to it a couple of times. I wrote it down just because there's a need doesn't mean people are going to pay for it. So think about it in your career. Just because you have a skill doesn't mean someone's going to pay you for it. So that's number one. Number two, he also says best known beats best every time. Mm -hmm. So you may not be the best, most skilled person for that job, but are you the best known? Did you just show up for the interview? Or did you do a thank you card? Did you send them a text message? Did you send them like a a thank you gift, like brownies or flowers or something like that? Mm -hmm. Are you known? Because I have not been in the corporate world or interviewed for a job in years since like 2000. I got fired from my job in 2005. I got that job in 2001. So we're talking way back in 2001 when I last interviewed, but. I just went through and I'm like, okay, I'm Mark Stucheski. I'm awesome. Of course, you're going to hire me. But I'm just one of 10, 50, 100, 150 people applying for the job. Why should I stand out? And I did with exactly what you said. I was focused on my skills. Well, if there's 50 people going out for any particular job and we all have the same skills, well, how am I going to stand out above the other 49 people? So yeah. I think you make a very valid point. The
1: Mark Struchowski process, no one else has that. The, the version of Mark who has some skills in entrepreneurship, some skills in that, 50 million people. And quite frankly, uh, many people on the other side of the country who would accept one hundredth of what you would, you would ask for. They all have that. Okay. Same thing for me. Uh, I, my process, if you will, the Anishma Jumdar process, it's not just about general career coaching. It, it is, it has one goal and one goal only. If you want to work with me, I am going to teach you how to generate end-to-end your own types of dream offers and opportunities in the hidden job market, your way over and over and over again. Now, we'll use automation, we'll use other things towards it, but that has always been the ultimate goal of all of this, which is not just getting you another job, but to break you free of this prison. And if this is not what you want, if this is not what you're looking for, that's all good, that's fine. See, when you switch to a process way of thinking it it, it and say, okay, if, if, if I'm, if I've got this, this, this Mark Struchowski process now, all of a sudden, it's not me out of 50 me out of 100 go take those jobs okay I you, you only need one you have a finite number of years to, to make a, num- a number of impact now you are asking yourself what are the standards that I have for the people that I want to work with what types of companies based on what I know about what types of companies organizations people work and what don't what types of questions can I ask in these conversations how can well, I that's a good it- point because a lot of people think when they go for an interview, they think
0: they're being interviewed, but they also have to think they're interviewing the the company. Like yeah. I had, we had some work done around the house and I've got three to four estimates. And one person says, well, this is a small job. I said, this is because it's your interview. Hmm. And he looked at me like, huh? I said, "Because I have other projects I need to work on, but I don't want to give you a big project unless you pass the interview. And he just looked at me like, no one's ever said that before. So when you go for a job interview... You have to have a mindset, not just, I need a job, I need a job, but is this the right company for me? Because Absolutely. they may not be the right company. Maybe they're, once you get in the door, they're horrible at treating their employees. So I, I wonder how many people actually look at it as a dual interview. They're interviewing you and you're interviewing them. How many people do you think actually look at it like that? Got overwhelmed? Then you need to get my free guide, 10 quick ways to conquer overwhelm. This free guide will help you quickly deal with overwhelm so you can get back to making the impact you've dreamed of. Get your copy for free at overwhelmsucks.com.
1: They, they, uh, I, I think more need to. And I think, and I think one thing that would help in terms of, of, of doing that is, is if you're pursuing a, let's say job posting or, 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 or something like that, Uh, assume that 99% of that is either a lie or is not true because again Mark think about it if i'm hiring for someone uh, like let's say i'm hiring for someone who's a business development expert or whatever uh, you think i'm actually going to share with monster and indeed the 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 fact that 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 you know what i mean like we had to let go of 30% of our workforce and we're in disaster no i'm going to do what the dirty secret is which is hiring managers will beg borrow and steal other people's job postings and 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 and, and, and concoct something so it doesn't help you to match up to this? Not really. It might get you in the door, but you're not going to get anywhere else because I'm because I'm not going to trust you unless you get to the truth. I'm not going to do real business with you unless you have the courage, the intelligence to actually move it forward. And so, definitely w- one thing that 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 I, that I would say for every interview, your job is not to impress. Your job is to find what is actually going on here through your conversation. Find those two and three aspects they don't want you to do. And going back to the Grand Cardone thing. I'm a follower of him as well, but he's incomplete. And I'm going to be, I, I'll be honest with you. He sh- he's showing his old age. Okay. In a couple of things felt the need, just because someone has a need, they're not going to move forward with you. Incorrect. Grant, if it's not about a need, right? Yes. I might be talking with you and you say, oh, you know what? I'd love a better job right now. Right. That's a need, right? Felt need actually gets it. What I mean is you might say, Oh, you know what? I really need a job. If I leave it there and I try to close and I try to move you forward based on that, that's, that's not probably not going to work. If we keep digging, if I realize that the reason you said that is because let's say your wife has lost respect for you for the last four to five years. How about the fact that you look at your child and you feel like a failure, Because you can't even send them to a decent college right now because you made mistakes. You decided to be an entrepreneur, didn't you, in 2005? If I understand that, if I understand that you cannot hold your family together with decency in the way that you are, and that is what is truly the reality of your life, and I can connect with that, and I can tell you, Mark, you don't have to, you don't have to live like that. That does not have to be what you need to do, that's different. That's a heck of a lot different than just need. And the other thing, best known, that's great if you've got a great social media following. But listen, most of the people who are listening to this podcast do not. And I'm on LinkedIn, they do not. So you can't afford to say, I, one day I'm gonna be best known. Here's, here's something you can replace that best known with, leverage. Real leverage and anyone can do that, right? By the type of the conversation you have by the by how that first impression is generated, right? And how you decide to move in there. Are you dialoguing with someone through the lens of Mark? I'm going to give you 30 minutes out of my 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 day because 95% of my day is already spent spent with clients, with business people, with people who are 50 times maybe more successful than you. But I want to actually build this relationship. I want to see if there's value for the long term. Am I approaching it that way? And are you approaching it from a point of view that says, oh, okay, let me stick. Okay. I don't want to, I don't want to blow this. Or am I doing it this way? Right. Where it's like, oh gosh, I don't know. I need something. I got to get something. Mark, you think you can help me out? Mark, I'd really love it. I see people praising over and over again. They're praising companies before they know what's going on. They're Mm -hmm. praising people because that, because they think that's what building rapport is. That's not building rapport. That's subservience. And that's you giving up leverage for absolutely bupkis. They need help. They need help. They need help. And, and, and there, people can, what I discovered is there are behavioral things. You may have zero dollars in the bank account. But if you study Grant Cardone's behavior, if you study what he does, you can behaviorally and through your actions change as though you were someone at a different level of success, not arrogance, but a different version of you. And you can start this process there. And I think that this is essential. No matter what stage of your career you're at, you've got to start thinking like the person who's already achieved it. Yeah, that's a very good point.
0: I did record a video a couple of days ago about the scarcity versus the abundance mindset. And I said, it's not about money. Yes. What it's about is how you think. If you think like Eeyore, going back to Winnie the Pooh, <laughs> uh, I'm never going to get the job. I'm never going to land the big client. No one's going to listen to my podcast or follow my me social media. Well, you're going to probably have a self self fulfilling prophecy. Yes. But if you go through and you write like what Grant teaches, ten x goals, and you mm-hmm. know, say I want to make a hundred million dollars, I want to have a million downloads. Well, you may not get that this week or this year or this decade. But the fact is, you are thinking from abundance. And I and I gave this example in the the video. It was a sixty second video. Mm-hmm. I said you need to build your abundance mindset muscle, and the best way to do that is when you go to the store. I like Diet Coke. I like mm-hmm. Diet Coke in those plastic bottles, okay, the 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 16-ounce the, the bottles. Mm-hmm. Now, I go there, and I buy Diet Coke in those 16-ounce bottles. Now, if it's not on sale, I still buy it. I don't go, oh, no, Pepsi's on sale, or the store brand's on sale, or no. I don't have a coupon. So if you're looking for the coupon, if you're looking for the cheap price, that means you have a a scarcity mindset. Yes. I'm not saying go out and buy a Tesla or a Lamborghini, but you can start building this muscle, which yes. is going to help you as you go look for a job and say, okay, I'm going to, okay, I really want pizza Hut tonight. Well, the only sales buy it anyways. Yes. We're not talking about breaking the bank because you got to start building that muscle. And then as it's going to help you when you go for that job, yes. you, you don't just take a job because they're giving it to you. And yes. I, I think it's very interesting how you said that, You know, they just copy and paste what other people are posting. I'd never heard that before. And I wonder how many people who are listening to this, uh, this conversation knew that as well. I mean, I think most people thought, like I thought until you said that, oh yeah, these job descriptions and requirements, there's exactly what they wanted to you to have for this job. Then you said that my mind's going, huh? They're just copy and pasting. That's it's it's
1: all it's always messy, you know. And 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 exactly to your point, you know. um, I just came off of uh, a meeting with my team a little bit before this this conversation, and right here on my desk, I've got a couple of priorities that are probably going to turn into over the course of let's say the next six months to a year, uh, some new hires. You know, these are these are high level strategic problems that in my current team we don't have the expertise to solve. So I can tell you that. You know, from a hiring perspective, I'm going to try to avoid going down the job posting road as, as, as far as I can, because at that point, the deluge begins, right? So I'm going to start connecting with people. I'm going to start building relationships with people. So is my team of those people that we connect with. If any of those people in the, the, the broad realm of the things that we're looking to solve, if they were to take an extra moment to say, Hey, Anish. I noticed this was what's going on. What do you think about this? Could we talk a little bit about there? Maybe I can help. I would absolutely say yes, just because for 20, 30 minutes, if I can just get even a little bit of insight into into how to handle this digital marketing challenge, how to handle this, this is wonderful time spent. And if that person is able to not just help, but, and this is something that I've seen having hired people as well, the people that I cannot help, but extend an offer to, they, yes, they give me, confidence in terms of, okay, I see the problem. You don't have to worry, Mark. This is part of your journey, okay? Like, this is a a natural thing. We got this. But the thing that I see is the best hires, they can see it and they can, they can say, look, let's solve this now. But Mark, let's make sure that in year two, in year three, you're in a completely different zone. Let's make sure that in year four, all of these sacrifices that you've made, right? You had such courage to, to stop one path of your life, to reinvent, Entrepreneurship is, it, it, it kills most people. And look, you made an amazing go of it. Look at this incredible thing that you created. Let's make sure that not only that in the process of solving it, we solve it in a way that leads you into that kind of a life, that encourages you into that life. If I can fall in love with a little bit of that future and and I can place these problems in a box that says, okay, it's not just bringing on a marketing person and operations person. This is actually an investment either in myself or this company in our future, in what we want to go. And I want that future. I want that company. Now the whole context, right? And, you, and, and it's really interesting because we've seen people get roles in different ways. So we see the end result. You can have roughly the same compensation levels. You can have a lot of similarities, but the difference in one versus the other is that this way I'm infinitely less likely to micromanage you because I already know that we are simpatico on the deep stuff. Like I know that we're, we're good. Like, I, I know you want this life too, and I do too. So it's all right. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to stumble. We're going to do all of these things. But there is a level of connection and trust there that is very, very, very valuable. And sometimes I can't help but wonder that maybe a lot of the reason that sort of quote unquote traditional hiring is set up in this kind of distanced, one sided way, um, is exactly to safeguard against people like me, like you, like people listening, From that connection, because once you have that clarity and that connection, it becomes extremely hard to say no to it. Because if I say no, it's not just me saying no to you as a candidate. It's me saying no to that pathway, me and my responsibility as a leader to solve these things. That's what I'm saying no to. I'm not saying no to Mark anymore. Right. And that should be the ultimate goal of anyone who's looking for a role is through the process of exploration, relationship building. You want to make it really a consensus point on the future of this company as you the leader want to want, want to run it it's not me i've already succeeded here i've already i've already done it this is about your life and and your company and whether you want to do it i'm committed to working with those who have that commitment who can who can see our point of view but with all due respect i also know most companies don't have it so if you don't have it that's all right what do you want to do It's your dime. We've got, we've got, we've got five and a half minutes left in this conversation, Mark. And you've told me that you guys are in, are in chaos mode right now. So I'm not even interested in having a follow up conversation with you until I hear from you man to man that you actually want to do something about this. What do you want to do? What is the decision? How are you going to take care of the remaining 80% of your team right now? I, the way that you're headed for this, there is no way that you're not letting go of another 20%. Everything I have as an expert tells me that's happening. You want that blood on your hands? You want that, or or are we going to think about something differently that we're going to do? And don't tell me that HR or something like that has their own way. That's fine. I'm talking one to one to you as the guy who's been here for six years. Mm. There's no way you're getting out of that, dude. Or you're you're showing me what you really are, and and that's fine too. I mean, I would rather have early warning about the fact that you you're not going to have my back in the trenches, right? Mm. That's what I. That's what I'm here for. That's. Um, another thing that any candidate can do, right? Having standards for the company bring in the urgency, right? So if you solve, um, uh, a talent development, uh, process, no matter what the, the person or the company you're speaking to, they might have their own idea. They might say, Oh, this is a level three problem or level two. But for you, for what you do, it is absolutely critical. It is urgent. And a lot of times I, I feel like, uh, and I've seen that people have lost out on offers. By kind of allowing the namby-pamby sort of frame of the employer, which of course they're going to want to degrade it because this means the offers are lower. This means your respect is lower, but it's up to us to hold the banner to say, no, this is important. This is something that must be solved now. And this is something that if you're going to work with me, I, and this is true. I tell this to anyone I work with. If I'm, if I'm coaching you to do something, it's not really a suggestion. I'm telling you you need to do this. I'm telling you, it is not going to work unless you do it. So you can either come with me as the coach and do it, or maybe you need to find another coach. Maybe you need to find another pathway here. But I'm not in the business of taking time away from my wife and kids to have a bloviating conversation with you, Mark, about, <laughs> about, about, about your career. I expect you to do something.
0: Yeah, I can relate to that. When I, I I do not like coaching clients of mine who don't do the work, and every call is like a therapy session. I'm not a therapist. Yes, I'm Somebody who helps you get things done. And it's so refreshing to hear that, uh, how you treat your clients, because, you know, let's face it, we only have so many clients we can take on at one time because we only have so many hours. And I want to yes. spend time with my wife and I want to do things I enjoy in life as well. So I want the listener to think about a couple of things. Number one, I want you to think about how do you spending your time? Okay, are you allocating time for your family and your friends and things you do? Don't make it all about work. And if you have a coach, you should have a coach. Everyone needs a coach in different areas of life. Uh, How are you treating that coach? Are you listening and implementing or are you just going it's a rah rah? Uh, festival. I, I'm not a Rob, Rock coach. I got a feeling that this isn't a Rob, Rock coach. We want you to do <laughs> stuff because we want you to succeed. Yes. And I want to tell you that the, what you talked about in the show today, very refreshing. I've never heard anybody talk about career development, career, you know, getting careers and jobs the way you did. I mean, you yes. you talk fast like I do, which is incredible. <laughs> so we're only, we're just shy over 30 minutes. You probably got three hours with the information here. So the people probably really early in the game went back to their speed on their podcast player and lowered it to
1: like 0.5. That's a good tip. That's a good tip, especially for guys like us. You know what I mean? Bring exactly. it down to that point seven five. You know, that that's exactly. nice and smooth. Exactly.
0: For me, when I listen, it's like 1.5 or 2 because most people talk really slow. I yes. I've got things to do. I got to keep moving on. Okay. So you gave us love a little bit information Mark. to think about. I know people who are interested in this conversation. They want to know more about you. So where can they go to find out more about you and what you're doing? In the world.
1: Thanks, Mark. I, 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 uh, the, uh, helloinish.com is a great place where, you know, for those people who want to go deeper with me, there's a ton of training, uh, tips that I'm sharing there, videos that'll go in depth into this sort of way of, um, generating offers for people who want to, uh, immediately learn the whole, the whole strategy. There is a link that I'd love to share called, um, tap the hidden job period market forward slash ASAP. And, uh, what that'll do, it's a free, free training. It's about an hour long with me and my team. And, uh, it'll allow me to teach you, um, the shifts here. And we've had tons of people, tons of people we haven't even worked with who have run with that training and have started diversifying their approach. You know, um, that's, that's the name of the game here. I think for anyone who's listening here, you know, uh, and LinkedIn, of course, if you're, if you're out there is, is, do absolutely everything that you're suggesting, starting with the idea about, about, about giving that. That structured time to your family, to your loved ones. Remember why you're doing this, you know? Yeah. Like go into those interviews, not saying, Hey, I want this job, but to say, Hey, man, I want to, I want to create that life for my, I want to see my son, um, uh, have his own wife and his own children, and I want to be able to, to, to relax with them. I'm doing this now for him because he can't advocate. He's eight years old, but I can advocate for him right now, and I can make this interaction, no matter if it's a yes or a no, a beautiful expression. Of that service, you know, um, it can really, really, really help. And exactly like you said, if you can own that, that shift and you can start making some practical changes towards that abundance mindset, I think you're going to see 15, 20, 30 different ways that you can apply that directly to your career and the mechanics there because they're so close. They're siblings in terms of this journey. I think there's something to be said about honesty. When someone asks
0: you, You know, what do you, where do you see yourself in 15 years? If you want to be where that interviewer is, say, yeah, I want to be, I want to have your job or I want to be on Mars. You know, there's, there's this thing where people like, well, what's the right thing to say at an interview? Yes. Just. What's on your heart? So when people ask me, you know, what is your, what is your, one of your biggest goals? And I used to be like, well, if I can just make a million dollars a year, I'll be really happy. And then I started following Grant, who's all about the 10X movement. And I started saying, now I write down my goals every day is I want to have a net worth over a hundred million dollars. And, and of course I can always tell when I tell people that I get two, one of two reactions. One is, what do you need all that money for? Yeah. But then I get the people go, that's fascinating. What are you going to do with that money? Because when you have a lot of money, you can help a lot of people. Yes. And the the story I always tell is, you know, there's a single mom of three car broke down and people are taking collections. Okay. hundred dollars, $20 to get a new car. I want to be the guy that comes out, not only buys her a brand new car, but I want her to get bumper to bumper warranty. If she gets a fly on her windshield, I want her to go to the dealer and they scrape it off. Wouldn't that be better to do than just chip in $5? And you can't do that if you're only making $50,000 a year. So I may never make $100 million, but that's a goal. And I think everyone needs to have these scary, what Jim Collins called, big, hairy, audacious goals. Because when you have a lot of money, I first heard this from uh, Grant Cardone. If you have a lot of money, you can help a lot of people. Yes. And if you don't, if you're barely making by, if you're making $20,000 a year, how can you help your family and friends and neighbors and people on the internet who need help? You can't, cause you don't have any money. You can barely, you're not even, you're not even living at 20, 30, $40,000 a year. Yes. So I want to make a lot of money so I can help a lot of people. My whole point of that whole rant there is just be <laughs> Not when, at all. And it's people, so, so relevant. I mean, When, when people good. ask you, what do you want? Say, well, I'd like to have 20 million downloads of my podcast a month. And, and you're like, well, how many do you get now? Well, I got four. Well, it's okay to have a big goal. Yes. Be honest. I I think when people are honest, I find it really refreshing yes. because so many people don't say, you know what? I want to work here for 10 years, but I eventually want to go out on my own. Be honest with them. I, I think honesty is, it, I don't know, people like, ah, I, it may be the wrong thing. Yeah. But it, may, it may be the wrong thing for them, but it yes. may be the right thing for you. So last yes. word for
1: you. No, 100%. I, 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 I all I want to do is second times a hundred what you've just said because, uh, you know, the, the, of communication is is verbal, right? So what are we doing spending 97% of our time focusing on the right thing? What I'm going to take away from this conversation beyond the amazing stuff that we've been talking about is exactly this. I was able in this conversation to pick up on the genuineness of your energy, your heart, the genuineness of your purpose, the fact that you have this clear life life journey, the fact that you have this wonderful uh, ability to create a future for yourself and your loved ones. These are not Almost none of that is directly tied into a particular answer you gave me. Every all of that came because you had the courage to show up in that way and to say, Hey, it's a risk. I know, I might, you know, and I've done it too, Mark. You know, I've definitely been like, Oh boy, there's an opportunity. I said one, too many of the wrong thing. Oh, there it goes. You know. So we, you, you do that, but but uh but you learn and you know, I've I have to say when you start dancing with other people and when you start giving them license to say, I'm going to treat you as a dancing partner, not someone I'm going to, you know, berate or, or do something to, or find an influence to. It's amazing how many people can dance with you. You know, uh, it's been the, the joy of my life.
0: A hundred percent. Well, and this, thank you so much from all the way from my old stomping grounds up in New York, <laughs> Fairport, New York. Thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: What a pleasure, Mark. I I really appreciate this, and I I wish you just continued success, you and your listeners. Um, Amazing show.
0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Mark Strucheski Podcast. Before you go, it would mean the world to me, and I mean the world, if you would do me a quick favor. Share this episode with one person you know that needs to hear it. Because life tends to get in the way, do it right now. I'm on a mission to help as many people as I can, and you sharing this episode with someone would help me on that mission. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you again real soon.